Welcome to Season 2 of our Chatterbox Hub podcast. We aim to be your go-to resource for insights, advice and engagement with all things audio and not only. I'm Yulia Stancheva, your host. In this show, we'll explore how poetry in advertising has become a powerful medium to convey a message and to make an idea become more digestible and relatable and a product to service become more desirable. The relationship between literature and commerce is not surprising. The power of verse provokes empathy and compassion that triggers a response in the audience. So, what's the driving force of the advertising love affair with poetry? We'll find out with our guests, performance poets Sofia Tekker, Alexander Balkin and Andrus Heger Brotherhood from the Norwegian production company Bodok. What brought them together on the same creative page is the recent TV and online ad campaign for the Norwegian company Akir Solutions, for which Chatterbox is proud to be creative collaborator. Let's have a quick listen. Sorry guys, it's not gonna work. It could be a huge deal for reducing emissions, but the numbers just don't add up. We've solved hard problems before, but none as important as this. The scientists have spoken, it's going too slow. Have I lost my flow? Am I part of the problem? I've spoken, got it wrong and ended up embarrassed. Define myself by what I can't do, focused on what fell through. But we only fail when we don't try. Despite the hiccups and mistakes that may surround us, if we can still generate new thoughts, we are boundless. If we share our ideas, let our teachers teach and our preachers preach and new heights are reached, for we dare to dream, we are not only brave, we are powerful. I don't know about you, but I have goosebumps listening to this app. And combined with the video which you can watch online, the impact is even bigger. In this brilliant TV ad for Akir Solutions, the award-winning performance poet Sophia Thicker performs her own written words in a bold, powerful and captivating way. She brings commercial voiceover to a whole new dimension. But who is Sophia? A multi-award-winning writer and speaker, Sophia Thicker is one of the finest performance poets in the UK. Raw and honest, she pushes the boundaries of poetry to inspire audiences across the world from the Glastonbury stage to the TED Talk stage, as well as audiences at Google, Facebook, the Houses of Parliament, MTV, the Royal Family, Channel 4 and BBC. Let's take a peek into Sophia's creative space and see what was her journey while working on the Acker Solutions advert. Do you know, I think it was really interesting, especially after a year like 2020, to speak about climate change or to acknowledge climate change so even just the research was so eye-opening I think we spent a lot of 2020 talking about our physical mortality right yeah there wasn't as much impetus put on the environment and how even if we are pumped to the brim with immune system boosters if we don't take care of our planet all of that's in vain um, so I think it was quite interesting to do research around this. Big companies and corporations are running up finite resources. <laughs> and you think, oh, no, hang on, this is a problem. We're running out of water in the world, which is a huge issue. So it was very eye-opening. And I think it was very easy to become quite passionate in my writing 
once you see the statistics and figures, once you see how close to the brink we are as a planet. Yeah, it's scary when you realize how big imprint we, every single us human beings, have on our planet's uh, yeah. future. How do you usually get inspired to write poems for advertising campaigns? What does your work involve when working with clients? How much background do you need to do? It differs from brand to brand, but what I try to do is ask them how they want their listeners or their audience to feel after engaging with the content. If they turn around and say empowered, or if they turn around and say um, upset, sentimental, nostalgic, loved, confident, I bear this in mind so I kind of I create a room in my head called whatever this thing is so let's say they say empowered I think okay it needs to be a poem that despite how hard-hitting the truths are despite how responsible we all might be for this thing you still need to feel empowered at the end of it you still need to feel like you can do something to change things at the end of it that you have control yeah exactly so because of that there needs to be almost movement in the poem from these are the issues but this is our power so I do the research around the voice of the company and then I let myself get inspired so I do like to get into an into the space of how other artists and other art forms navigate this conversation right so I kind mm -hmm. of internalize all of that and then in that I might find something I might find mm -hmm. an idea I might find a sentence I might find a way of thinking towards this topic fantastic well, poetry in advertising has become such a huge trend. It's the emphasis of our daily activities and experiences. Our words and feelings they express, they're all embraced in the commercial uh, world. Why do you think spoken word has become such a powerful medium for enhancing advertising campaigns? I think two things. I think the first and probably the most important is that poetry, unlike other art forms, kind of sits in this gap between conversation and art. And I think conversation is something that we all understand, that you can take to any corner of the globe and you'll be able to carry out a conversation with someone. And I think art maintains its power to penetrate, yeah. to kind of take us a bit deeper. And I think the beautiful thing about poetry is that it sits inside both. Um, and I think that's what makes it so appealing to advertisers um, in that it can be hard-hitting, it can really pull on the heartstrings of listeners but it's also understandable it's digestible it's accessible and with your words you touch people's hearts that's what we hope for <laughs> <laughs> press a button inside their emotional state yeah exactly and that, that's so powerful you know you can you can tell someone some facts and figures and it can reach their mind but if you can reach their heart you have a chance of really selling that thing and I think the second reason why people are um, really big on using spoken word at the moment is that what poetry can do is introduce moral imagination. And I think moral imagination is hope. Let's take 2020 as an example where we were all in disarray, whether it was the race politics, whether it was health politics, whether it was just general politics, whether it was Brexit or this big virus that seemed, that is called Corona that is taking over, that has been taking over the world. I think poetry and all kinds of art forms, to be fair, they introduce another way of thinking about that thing. Yeah. And I think that's the role of art, right? The role of art is to challenge the roots of how we think and feel. And I think poetry has done that. And that's why I think we've seen a surgence of, an insurgence of poetry in advertising because it gives us another way to think about the same issue 
it injects hope into something that we can become that is otherwise filled with fear it can inject inspiration into somewhere that's quite dormant it can inject empowerment into a space where we genuinely felt like we had no say over what happens or doesn't happen so i think in the introduction of that moral imagination you stand to take your campaign from point a to point z just in how powerful and impactful it can be brilliant Unarguably, Sophia has managed to take our imagination on a journey with her powerful performance in the Acura Solution Act, making us feel empowered that we can all be part of the change we want to see in the world today. Curious to know more about the creative process involved in the making of this act, we invited the creative team behind it into our virtual studio. Camilla Laxton chats to the director and screenwriter Andres Heger-Bratterud and the producer Alexander Balkin from the Norwegian production company Bodok. How did it all start? Your client got in touch with you and then how did the creative process start? I've known this uh, person for a long time and he he phoned me and told me I got a big job coming up from the agency. For the agency, yes. Yeah. And he asked me, are you are you ready to do this because it's in a really we have to do it in a really hurry. We had to make some really fast decisions. Then I called Andres and we called uh, the agency back and told him we're ready. Just bring it on. <laughs> And uh, that's how it started. And we, we basically couldn't look back. We just had to move from day one and just write the treatment, the script, the, doing the cast. It just went yeah, like a rocket. Yeah, but first, of course, it was a competition, right? So, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so it was, mm. we knew that we were up against uh, at least two other uh, film production companies. Mm. Mm. Uh, and we were kind of the underdogs because... Uh, we knew at least one of the other uh, production companies. They asked to to pitch, and they are the biggest uh, production company in Norway for commercials with with you know all the big names, all the big directors. And uh, you know it was a big budget, and we knew that they were more used to pitching on projects of that scope mm-hmm. than we were. So. But, you know, being in an underdog position can be a good thing, you know. So we felt like we were kind of punching upwards and and that we had nothing to lose. Wow. And then you decided to use slam poetry. Yes. Why? Yeah, yes, yeah. I think that's the main reason we won the the competition or the pitch. The agency, they fell in love with it right away. Andres made a terrific job writing about it. I don't know how you came up with it, Andres, but uh, that was amazing. That was the good thinking. (laughs) Well, it was actually this... um Levi's ad from 2012 um, as a, that was a part of a, a big campaign they had going for a couple of years, I think, uh, at least in, uh, in the US called Go Forth. Ever since I saw that probably, you know, seven, eight years ago, I wanted to do something similar. It had this kind of energy and attitude and it felt very free and, and it had this edge that I found really inspiring. And, you know, it was about young people, a lot of different kinds of people getting ready for their day, uh, kind of attacking their future. And it was about ambition, but also vulnerability and, you know, feeling really insignificant and insecure at, at one time. And then suddenly something happens and you kind of man up or woman up and and then you're, you feel like nothing in the world can stop you, you know. Mm. So that was a kind of energy that I felt was right. It had like a, a, 
a good tone that I thought was a fit for for this project, you know. And also, I've done a lot of film with voiceovers, and mm. I like voiceovers uh, if they're you know done in a good way and carried by a good voice. But slam poetry also has this. I mean, first of all, it's poetry, right? Mm. So it's it's very associative, and it feels kind of freer. Hmm. I guess, than a normal voiceover. And it also has this other component, which is the performance part, hmm. you know, which, uh, with all the rhythms and, and rhymes and musicality that can also really help land something, like a land a punchline. Or, and it can work great together with imagery, associative imagery and, and with music. And it was something I had never done before, but hmm. ever since I saw that film, I'd wanted to do it. So this felt like an opportunity to finally kind of go all in on a pitch uh, with that as like the, the main idea. And, and then where did he go from there? How were you going to find this slam poet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we... Oh, that that's a quite a process actually, because we started locally in Norway yeah. and, and trying to find something up and coming at artist in Norway, and we knew a few people and we contacted them and they were positive, but it didn't feel quite right, because uh, we wanted to make an international film, so mm. we thought we needed an uh, a native English spoken uh, word uh, slam poet uh, Eskilis, our creative, creative director. director in Bodog and he knew mm. quite a few people and he started the process by looking uh, in England especially and yeah. that's uh, how we contacted you yes. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. and uh, a few other companies as well yeah. and um, we, we got a few uh, test demos in and uh, we liked what we heard yeah and I mean it was a process and the thing about this production is that everything was happening uh, all at once, you know. Mm. So we were doing the process with the Chatterbox, uh, Chatterbox voices and, and you, Camilla, and the, the whole casting process in parallel with being on location in Norway and South Africa and shooting the film, right? So like after a long day of shooting and scouting and... Uh, you know, dealing with clients and, and all kinds of other things, we we were also looking for this person. And the strategy from Eskil and you at Chatterbox mm. uh, was to kind of cast quite wide net. Yes. Um, and from the beginning, I mean, I thought that the ideal would be to get someone the same person to both who could both write and perform yeah. but we thought that might be mm. difficult yeah. you know and mm. and uh, because uh, i had one person in mind a really really good norwegian male slam poet and he was interested but he didn't feel comfortable performing in english mm. so he offered to come on as mm. a, as a writer uh, so we knew we had that like as an option mm. um and um, so then in the process with you guys, we also, um, I actually also wrote a sample text myself mm. that took like 30 seconds to perform or, or something. And uh, so we heard also a lot of other types of performers or voice artists or actors performing that sample. But then when we started looking at actual slam poets, suddenly you drew something up of the hat uh, this this young lady called Sofia, Sofia Takur, 
I was riding in a car with some friends when I got that uh, on my phone, and I I just um, looked her up on Spotify, and the first thing, first performance I heard by her was actually very kind of low key, soulful and soothing and. And it really had something, but it was completely wrong in terms of the, you know, like the energy and punch mm. and and the dynamic that I was looking for for this film. But it did feel like she had a lot more under the hood as well. Mm. Um, and when I started listening to other samples and you guys sent over some various uh, performances that she'd both written and, and performed. And then suddenly, you know, I heard this other side of her as well mm. that could be, you know, that in that kind of attack mode, uh, attacking your own problems or destiny kind of thing. And, and I g- guess that also touches the, like the main idea, apart from a slam poet or using slam poetry, the main idea for the film that I pitched was to center the, the whole film around people that are really triggered by difficult problems. Mm. You know, so because... This is a big corporate uh, company, but uh, but it's an engineering company and full of engineers. And we tend to forget that these big companies, industry companies, consist of people, you know, and mm. humans with emotions and <laughs> vulnerabilities and ambitions. And, and my experience was that uh, this company had a lot of idealistic people as well that really wanted to contribute and be part of a a positive change and and really do something. When I heard Sophia perform some of her her other both lyrics and and, and kind of pieces, it felt like she had that same kind of energy, you know, that never give up kind of attitude Mm. to, you know, even though you you keep failing and and like banging your head against the wall, you just keep going, you know, keep pushing and keep pushing and but, but it was quite nerve-wracking yeah. to, to go for the finals, uh, <laughs> yeah, to choose the final artists. I remember we were late up and, and yeah. listening to so many takes and just trying yeah. to decide and back and forward. And oh my yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> and finally, we just felt, uh, yeah. we felt uh, Sophia yeah. could nail it. And uh, that was yeah. a good feeling and a, a right decision, I think. Yeah, and I think that happened actually. I remember this one moment we came to the point where we thought, okay, this is a really interesting voice. And we asked mm. her if she could write and perform a sample. And I, I sent her a brief. And just really quickly after that, she came back with this, uh, with this sample recording, like one minute or you know, maybe even two minutes of, of uh, text that she'd written, like tailored for this. And uh, I remember we had a meeting in one of the studios here at Bulldog and uh, the whole team was gathered and I hadn't heard anything and uh, nobody had. And we, you know, put it on the speakers and, you know, her voice uh, started and her performance started. And after just a few seconds, I remember I just started smiling <laughs> and we started looking at each other and exchanging glances. And it was very clear that, you know, everybody felt both her presence and felt that, you know, mm. this was a good fit, you know. Yeah. She had the right kind of energy. When the song finished, I, I, I think I said, well, mm. let's just <laughs> yeah. go for her, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. She's got this real lovely authenticity and mm. an edge as well, mm. doesn't she? That really, I agree, she yeah. does. 
what kind of response did you get? Or have you had so far? <laughs> your campaign. Yes. And that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so the the, the campaign was a worldwide campaign, but um, the, the main part was the TV ads in Norway. And then the, for the rest of the world, it went on social media, Facebook and Instagram and so on. So the survey that we did uh, afterwards, uh, I know it's a bit boring to talk about numbers, but uh, I'll just yeah. give you a few numbers. We did a survey three weeks after the campaign in Norwegian TV. By the whole public that has seen it, 33% said that uh, they remember to have seen the campaign. And the good news is that over 50% of the generation set, which is the audience target audience that we wanted to reach, had uh, seen it and remember it. And that's a good figure. That's And the agency and the client is, of course, really happy with that numbers. And uh, the last number I would just want to point out is that uh, more than 56% agreed that Arca Solutions are driving the force for change. And uh, that's really good because uh, they they are a company yeah. based on oil and gas and no one to do, yeah. do sustainable energy. So... Um, I think we reached uh, all our goals, basically, and that's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic news. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being part of our podcast. It's been lovely talking to you, Andres and uh, Alex, and uh, best of luck with your next project. Thank you so much, Camilla. Thanks for uh, the invitation. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Camilla. It's nice. Tusen Tak. This is the space where the magic happens with my guest, the amazingly talented spoken word artist, Sophia Thakur. You are regarded as one of the finest performance poets out there who writes a very compassionate and empowering contemporary poetry. How did you fall in love with poetry? What made you start expressing yourself with spoken word at the age of 14, I believe? Yeah, absolutely. And was there any influence from any particular person in your life? Uh, thank you, firstly. Um, <laughs> I always thought it was quite, even in lyrics, to be fair, some lyrics, I always thought it was quite remarkable when a line or a quote could speak into your situation in a way that provides such clarity on how you're feeling. Like you can listen to, let's say, an Adele album going through a breakup and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you're explaining exactly how I feel. And I think anything that has that power to bring us closer to a point of understanding, us closer to a point of realising what's happening inside us is important, is so important. And I think I just fell in love with that. I fell in love with lyrics' ability to mirror and challenge the way that I'm thinking and feeling. My mother has always looked at the world with wonder. She's always kind of maintained her curiosity and her awe. And I think growing up with a mum like mine, who is still amazed at everything, is still curious about everything, can still see a very barren situation and somehow think optimistically, that to me has always forced me to look beyond a situation. It's always forced me to look at what's wonderful, what's amazing, what's curious about a situation. And I think all art begins in that space. Yes. I think all art begins in this space of amazement, curiosity, wonder. Um, and from that space, you you open yourself to write and you open yourself to listen to God, to the world around you, to yeah. create that art piece. Beautiful. Previously, you have said that you were terrified of people reading your poetry and that's why you preferred performance poetry. 
What made you take the pen and write your first poetry book, which became a global number one bestseller months before it hit the shelves? So I had to go from stage to page, right? Yeah. The only way that I wanted people to engage with my work is seeing me on stage performing it. When you write poems that are meant to be performed, you know when to rise and fall. You know when to move your arm. You know when to, you know how to control the room with your poem. When you remove visuals, your voice has to do more of the work. When you remove voice, your words have to do all of the work. And that to me scared me because um, I know that poetry is considered a, a written art form, but I was a performer. I am a performer. So it's not just the words that tell the story. It's also your performance. It's your performance, exactly. Yeah. It's, how, it's what's on your face. It's it's your tone change. It's your pace. It's it's your body your, movements, your, body your facial movements. expression, yeah, the it's tone every- of your voice, everything. Exactly. It's everything. It's performance. It's the entire thing coming into one. So the thought of all of that being stripped back and only one thing being able to tell the entire story, you suddenly have to put all of your chips on that thing or in that thing. And I'd never had to do that before. So then I realized quite quickly that writing for page and writing for the stage is completely different because I need to find the words to translate what would otherwise be an arm movement. Hmm. I need to find the punctuation that would otherwise be a dramatic pause. I need to find the language or the metaphor that will translate what my face would otherwise translate on stage. That sounds like a very tricky job. <laughs> Yeah, I can't lie. It's a lot harder than writing for stage. <laughs> I found it a lot more challenging than writing for stage. But you did amazingly well, Thank you. considering the huge success of your poetry book. Thank you. Honestly, it's glory to God because there's no reason it should have hit people the way it did other than kind of God landing through the book to people. And you encourage young people to follow your steps. You work closely with young people, sharing your poems and the creative process, aren't you? Yeah, I do try to What would be your message for those who feel lost to need encouragement and motivation right now? I would say that we live in a dualist world. Every stage one has a stage two. So we breathe in to breathe out. No matter how many times the sun sets, no matter how many times the light goes away, no matter how many times the sun goes back to sleep and the moon comes and darkness comes and the night comes, the sun will always come again. And I think in learning that, in learning that no matter what happens today, there will still be a tomorrow. We start to see tomorrow as a gift. Tomorrow is this opportunity to redo. It's this opportunity to go again. It's this opportunity to do something different. For as long as tomorrow exists, we are still in control of what we do and don't do. We're still in control of who we become. We're still in control of our potential. My biggest piece of advice to all young people, to all old people, to anyone, to be fair, to absolutely anyone, especially in 2021, that just seems to be like the twin sister at the moment of 2020, um, is that as long as we have tomorrow, we have an opportunity. And if we waste that in fear, or we waste that in worry, we are giving a, a day too much to that emotion when really we should be moving into the hope that is tomorrow. That is very powerful and inspirational. Thank you so much, Sophia. (laughs) Your approach to delivering a powerful message through poetry has led to many collaborations. How do you manage to keep the inspiration flowing and overcoming any creative blocks, which we know all creative people eventually find themselves with? Oh, 
it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult, I'll be honest. It's not the most... Would you take a break from everything and just escape? Literally, you know what? And I do it often. I actually escape really often. Maybe, maybe that's a part of staying inspired. Um, I was literally saying to my friend the other day that you go from being on email and, and creating business strategy for your career and you almost sometimes forget that the thing that you're talking about, the product, yeah. relies on your creativity. It's, it's not just creating a pitch deck. It's not just crunching numbers. It's not just researching. It's getting your mind and your heart to a place yes. where they're in communication, where they're connected again. And that is, it, I wish it was as easy to kind of switch on and switch off. And I think sometimes I'm in a really good space. Like if I'm in a space where I'm reading a lot, I'm writing a lot, I'm going to shows, I'm really inspired. It's quite easy. Like I can kind of switch on straight away. If I'm in a space where it's been more admin than creativity or it's been more every, everything around me is less creative i'm not going like 2020 for example i'm not going to shows that must have been very challenging for you it was like it was at first and i had to like consciously tell myself i need to do more than i would have been doing to stay inspired because the world is closed so I, what i found myself doing and what i think was really helpful and what my advice would be to anyone who kind of experiences any kind of creative block is to immerse yourself in the things that used to inspire you. So go back to the YouTube videos that first had you singing. Go back to the book that first had you writing. Go back to that movie. Go back to that person. Reignite that relationship. Go and have that conversation with someone again. Because yeah. the source is always the source. For me, my process is that it starts with prayer. So it starts with kind of, I think in prayer for me, which is kind of like other people's meditation, I start by speaking to God and just saying, God, give me that creativity and I release everything else to you. So I release the worry of not being able to write to you. I release the heaviness of not being able to create. And in releasing all of that, I'm a bit clearer. And in that clarity, I can let myself become inspired. <laughs> Great. What are the changes that you want to see in the world? I think my main change is people becoming more confident in themselves and in their story and i think in telling our own story not only do we we run the risk of becoming a better version of ourselves i think in telling our own stories we liberate other people to do the same yes how often do we hear a song or a poem and we think oh my goodness you're going through what i'm going through and it feels better we feel less alone because someone else has said they're going through something. Yes. Sometimes it's much worse. Sometimes seeing someone going through something worse than you, it's like, okay, I've got perspective on my situation. It helps people connect with each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Be more empathetic and compassionate towards each other. Exactly, exactly. You literally took the words out of my mouth. That is my answer. What you just said is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope that uh, 2021 shapes up really nicely for you. I hope so too. I'm looking forward uh, to hearing more from Sophia Thakur. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Sophia. Oh, thank you. Honestly, the, the pleasure is absolutely mine. If you want to read more of Sophia's intimate take on traditional poetry and her gentle approach to high-level topics, check out her book, Somebody Give This Heart a Pen. And let's wrap it up with some takeaways on why poetry in advertising is such a powerful way to transcend ideas and concepts in the commerce space. Slam poetry, I mean, first of all, it's 
poetry, right? It's very associative and it feels kind of freer than a normal voiceover. And it also has this other component, which is the performance part with all the rhythms and, and rhymes and musicality that can also really help land something, like land a punchline or... And it can work great together with imagery, associative imagery, and, and with music. And Poetry, unlike other art forms, kind of sits in this gap between conversation and art. And I think that's what makes it so appealing to advertisers, um, in that it can be hard-hitting, it can really pull on the heartstrings of listeners, but it's also understandable, it's digestible, it's accessible. What poetry can do is introduce moral imagination. And I think moral imagination is hope. It can inject empowerment into a space where we genuinely felt like we had no say over what happens or doesn't happen. So I think in the introduction of that moral imagination, you stand to take your campaign from point A to point Z, just in how powerful and impactful it can be. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hope you feel inspired with our guests Sophia Thakur, Alexander Balkin and Andres Heger-Bratterud. If you have enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and leave a review as this really helps our podcast grow.